0: Hello welcome to the Trucking Driver podcast, I'm Dougie Rankin and I'm joined today for the first time a new guest on the podcast and a recent addition to the Team Trucking Driver roster in the magazine, Cameron Allen. Cameron, how are you, where are you and what are you up to?
1: Yeah, I'm good Dougie, I am currently in an industrial estate in Skibbereen in West Cork and that's my home for the night. So you are broadcasting live from your lorry? I am, yep. The, the good old XF. T-
0: tell us a bit about what you drive and what it is that you do. Um, because you've been in the magazine once a couple of months back, so a lot of people that listen to the podcast um, won't probably know.
1: Well, I currently drive a 2014 DAF XF Superspace. And my main line of work is we are a small family company and we distribute animal feeds across Ireland bits and pieces in scotland and mainland uk and recently some new customers in holland as well all right cool. Um, so yeah that's that's the main line of the game so we have a warehouse which we recently just moved into we moved out of the one in a skill into a slightly bigger one which i have actually wrote about and some new stuff for the next magazine oh thank you very much brilliant look forward to seeing that so yeah, we've moved into it and then basically we bring different products. So our main lines of product is wild bird feed and seeds and horse feeds and a lot of poultry ranges as well. So we basically bring them all in in bulk and then put them on to separate orders and distribute them across the country. Oh, I do. So
0: it's all mainly sort of your own account stuff that you're moving about the place.
1: Yeah, it's all, all our own stuff. So it is, yeah, um, with a few different brands that we do. And um, We don't do any general haulage as of such. It is something I am looking into moving into just to broaden the horizons. But that's enough of a headache trying to move our own stuff a lot of the time. So, <laughs> so how many trucks do you run? Hey, we just run the, the XF and we have a urban trailer for her for round Ireland and getting in and out of farmyards, livery yards and garden centres and pet shops up main streets and stuff. So there's plenty of variety in different places that you're trying to get in and out. So the wee urban trailer suits well for that and she's a tag axle lift so she goes around on a penny when you need her to. And then we have a 2014 Mitsubishi Cantor seven and a half tonner which is just recently after getting an engine and gearbox so she's not back on the road yet she's waiting to be ps feed and text but it was a bit of a yes or no decision whether we wanted to go ahead and refix her after well what she's worth but then you have to take into account what we had spent on her in previous years and for about two and a half years she was doing all the work that a bigger lorry should have been doing so No, it's worked hard. She's done well. Uh, She's sitting there. We bought her ex demo out of City West Commercials in Bristol. And we bought her with 40,000 on her. And she's sitting there with just under 400,000. So she did well considering she was running heavy all the time. And they're not exactly designed for running at their full weight every day. No, the canter in terms of seven and a
0: half tonnes, like stuff like the canter is definitely the sort of lighter side, you can go down to three and a half tons, I think, at the lightest weight with a canter the the little yeah. sort of, the little chassis car, but of course it's compared to like something like a DAF LF or um an Atigo, which then goes up in the weight ranges towards like 15, 18, even like twenty six tons potentially with those in certain models.
1: Yeah, it's done yeah, it's well, done that, right for it. you. Yeah. See. that's why we looked at the the counter because yeah you could buy your tigo or your lf but when you took all in and in, into it you could actually get more weight into the counter mm-hmm. because she was the smaller chassis smaller cab and realistically three pallets of our stuff and that was her on her weight limits and mm-hmm. um, so if you had your uh the likes of an lf or an Atigo, three pallets and you have a lot of space left and they lorry already doing nothing
0: uh, you find a lot of cases now that the the ones that, the trucks that people are running, in, they're often not, they look like seven and a half tonners, but they're not. They're like twelve or fifteen ton vehicles yeah. and all that. But that was a lot of it was seven and a half tonners were that popular because you got it, you got it on your car license, so any, yeah. anybody could drive them. But of course, that went out in nineteen ninety seven. I think did they bring it back? Does that come in now? If you pass your test, that you get. Seven and a half hours on your license. Is that did that come back?
1: I, in? Ha, I had heard they were bringing it back. Whether it actually came back or not, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, so and dad, that, dad so, drove the wheel lorry a lot as well, so it suited him because he could drive it on his grandfather rights as well. So he never really was into the the, the lorry side of it.
0: Uh, now tell us about your XF then. Is this the first um, sort of tractor unit that's
1: come in to the company? First tractor unit that's come into the company. Yeah, so she's what? Uh, what I think we've had her now must be about a year and three quarters or so, and around that. Very happy with her so far. So, what
0: what model is it? Is it a 460, 510?
1: Yeah, she's four sixty, so uh-huh. she is. Um, and of course, what,
0: uh, being twenty fourteen, it's the all important Euro six.
1: Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a necessity for us at the time to have a Euro six, but. Uh, I was looking at quite a few different models and I was looking at some across the water and some around home. And it was only for uh, this one came up at sort of short notice through the dealer. So I went to have a look at her and I was happy with her and they did a very good deal on her. She wasn't, she wasn't crazy big money. So yeah, definitely she was at the time we were sort of toying with uh, a rigid as well, but Yes, it would have suited in a lot of way, but having the unit and the urban has opened up a lot of doors. Being able to go across the water with the big trailer and bring loads of stock back into the yard, and then to the start time there, you have to bring the big trailer down south because there's mm. there's more product to go out. Yeah, I've spoken
0: to a couple of people uh, over the sort of last year who've brought in urban trailers to their fleet and they said you know what an enormous difference it's made because uh, you can do everything pretty much with an arctic and an urban trailer that you can do with a decent sized rigid and of course you've got the flexibility to go and add uh, your full-size trailer when you need it as, as well so you've got the option you've got the option there rather than having like sort of two separate separate trucks with your DAF as well but being a 2014 that's pre-eco mode as well I believe as yeah. well that came in in twenty fifteen, so it doesn't have the the early AEBS thing that goes and fires off all the time when you like a the bird flies in front of the truck as well.
1: Yeah, there's not, um, not, no, not too many of
0: the there's not too many of them so not too many of them going about those those earlier ones.
1: No, like, I think like yeah, I know a few different companies that run them, a few companies I drove for in the past, and they seem to have a lot of bother with the early ones. Um, I don't want to stick my foot on it and. Jinx myself, but uh, Touchwood she's been very, very good so far.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, a lot, a lot of the stuff um, you may well have found that the, the bad trucks have kind of fallen by the wayside now, and what you're left with eight years on tend to be the good ones that, are survi- that have survived. Um, yeah, the, the ones that were, were a pain or whatever and that weren't reliable have probably fallen by the wayside by now.
1: Yeah, well, she was actually she was a uh, ex uh, ex milk collection lorry, so. Right. Did it, is, um, it, is
0: it from mainland UK or is it from um, Northern
1: no, Ireland? No, she was Northern Irish registered um, and a family owner from New. And then once she came off contract maintenance, uh, they, they traded her in. The main reason I went for her was the, the dafts are comfy to lay out in and they aren't ridiculously expensive. Well, the older ones... XF, the the new ones are all sort of running the same price now but they weren't overly expensive at the time and parts weren't crazy dear but she had low mileage she only had $403,000 on her Ah,
0: oh, see, that's not, but that's not bad at all. That like, of uh, because there is a baby, It probably will serve you well going forward as well that you've got Euro six. Because I can only see it going in one direction. In terms of ultra low emission zones and restrictions that they're trying to place on trucks as well, it's kind of disgraceful. You would have seen how cheap you could get a Euro five for. Because there were just there were so many companies having to get rid of them because they were concerned that they weren't going to be run them into uh, run them into a lot of different places. So yeah, will probably, probably serve you well that. Have you what you've had the truck for nearly two years, so you are, you tend to be the only person that drives it?
1: So far, I'm the only person that's drove, drove it. Uh, I'll try and keep it that way as long as possible. So do you um have you what kind of personal touches have you put in the truck? Have you made some additions to it? A few lights so far. I put some Orange marker lights in the grill and five Volvo roof marker lights on the roof. Uh, two hella beacons and some gaily markers uh, up in the wind kit and down in the bumper corners. I am planning a lot more, but uh, with her working all the time, it's hard to get her in. And as everybody knows, it's all a lot of money. So I think that the next station will be a slimline headboard mm-hmm. and we'll get that on. The wee canter, she's quite well finished off uh, she has the headboard and the spotlights as well so try and get the the headboard onto her and then next year i'd like to get her in and get the chassis blasted and painted and touch up the the other bits and pieces that need to be done and maybe splash out and get a set of alloys for her as well
0: oh that would be, be good i see that it's good that it's kind of you know is your own truck so you don't have to worry about anybody anybody else driving it and you can chip away at it know at your own, your own pace
1: yeah well like I don't think it'll be too long until we'll be looking down the lines of Mm -hmm. uh, putting a driver out or adding another lorry to the fleet.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: In a couple of years, I could see probably putting one to the UK side nearly full time. And if that, that goes ahead... My aim would always to be keep this Rory. I'd just being that sort of tendency, I'd like to keep this one as the mm-hmm. as she's the first one into the fleet.
0: Absolutely. So in terms of yourself, there, so you run across to the UK and you're across that because you're you're way out west at the moment. You're in Cork. Uh,
1: yeah, so... way out west at the very bottom. So we're currently from the yard, you'd be about nine and a half hours drive. What there and back? Uh, no d- down. Nine. Yeah. Wow. So we're well down, you can't really go much further than Skibberine, uh, you're, you're pretty much there at the bottom, so I left there this morning and I had nine drops on in total, so mm. I have only two more to go, I'll get them off in the morning and then I think I have some stuff to lift out of Clayne and Kildare in the morning, back to the yard then.
0: Oh yeah, right, that's, keep, that's keeping you keeping you busy because the roads in Ireland as well I mean it's changed incredibly over the sort of past 20 years with the road building programs but of course as soon as you step off the beaten track in Ireland the roads are notoriously narrow as well you know a lot a lot of them are like a good couple of foot closer either side than what you would find in the UK which uh, really yeah. that that gets your um, concentration uh, going. Well, that's an experience the first time you go over there and I went to the Republic.
1: Yeah, well, that's in uh, this run, especially. We like we we come down as far as Tralee, so you have reasonably good roads and a couple of dual carriageways and stuff in between from sort of ours down as far as Tralee. And then you come out of Tralee and you come up over the mountain heading down towards Cork, and there it's just single track road a lot Mm -hmm. of the time. And it's, well, if you put it into Google Maps, Google Maps tell you to do it in about an hour and 50 minutes. And the lorry, uh, the quickest I've done it, and that's tipping her on, would be about two and a half. But that's providing you get a clean run. There's a lot of wee villages. One in particular, uh, McCroom, it's taken me up to 45 minutes to get through that village on its own. Because of the traffic? Uh, Just because of the traffic, Hmm. you come up, as you come down into the town, it's it narrow. There's a narrow bridge in the middle. Two lorries can pass, but they have to be in the middle. They can't be on the corners of the bridge. And then as you come up, it sort of S bends into the town, and there's like sort of hanging signs on the side of buildings. So <laughs> you're either on the you're you're either on the footpath on one side, or you're right across on the other side. And then once you get down past them, it's just chock a block sometimes. But they're currently working on a bypass for it, um, and I think they're only about halfway there. So. It's uh, another, I think the total bypass is coming up. It'll be about 30 kilometres long. And that's apparently going to be one of the highest dual carriageways or motorways in Ireland. Uh, the mountain that it comes over. So, What's the mountain called? I can't remember the name of the mountain. I had read that somewhere about it being... What's the, the village that's getting bypassed? Uh, Macroom. Macroom. So yeah, uh, it'd be good to see that, especially when I'm down here this often. I'd say 75-80% of our work is in the south of Ireland um, with the the deliveries. So I spend most of my week down here, oh, whether yeah. it's day trips or two-day trips, sometimes three-day trips. Mm-hmm. It just depends what way it goes.
0: We all know how bad the situation is in the UK, with truck parking, and it's not getting any better. We're losing Lockerbie truck stop in Scotland, which is just a travesty. I had heard that. As far as I know, the people want to sell out and the timber manufacturer down the road are the only show in town who are wanting to buy it. There's nobody like deciding that one about when a truck stop, and they're going to shut it down and put uh, use it for um, storing timber on or something now, which is not great because it's like really busy every night. There's 200 trucks on it all the time. They've got nowhere to go now. Great. So, yeah, I've
1: been in it. I've been in it a few times. It's it's a shame to see it going, but it is. It seems to be oh, the way it's going. That's instead of getting better, it's getting worse. Uh, but
0: one of the things I'm always jealous of with Ireland is the fantastic service areas and petrol stations that you guys have got because you've always got a deli where you can go in and get like amazing food. You know, it's always all this hot, fresh stuff. Totally different to the soulless petrol stations were like overpriced pre-packed sandwiches that you get in the UK. Um what's it like what's it like for parking and facilities and things and life on the road in the Republic of Ireland compared to being in the UK? I think I would probably rather run about scenic Ireland and take my chances in rural single track places than be stuck trying to find my way into an industrial estate somewhere between london and birmingham and worrying if i'm going to get my diesel nicked.
1: so far the the whole steel and diesel trend hasn't caught on over here there is the likes of the motorways down in the south of ireland they're better set up as in the lay-bys aren't just a lay-by that's nicked into the hard shoulder it's actually you mm. sort of have a slip into it and a slip out of it yeah i don't understand so you're, why you're further off the motorway i, I
0: hate those slip those um, lay-bys on the likes of the A1M where it's just you're right beside the dual carriageway and you can't park there and get asleep sleep realistically getting rocked from side to side all night it doesn't seem to be particularly safe you're like why can't you go and you know separate the trucks from the road and give them some decent areas I mean there's loads of parking areas in Europe as well where you know yeah. there's, there's not a massive amount of facilities but drivers only need the basics they tend to be pretty well set up in the cab for whatever you know yeah
1: well like I've, I'd be up and down there when I am quite a bit and it is like even I've pulled into some of those laybys for breaks I, I try my best I'm very lucky as as in a lot of our suppliers will let me park in the yard if I need to or if I'm a wee bit further down I'll go into the likes of Coasterworth or Markham Moor yeah. and, and park in them ones so I'm fairly well set up and it's the same quite a lot around Ireland a lot of my customers if they have space they're happy enough for you to park the lorry in the yard but I would, um, if you can get that, that's all, that's all the better. So you have that. But again, even on your sort of back road down around the south, I find myself stone lay-by, you better into it, and you're grand. And sort of once you get past 10 o'clock at night, the mm. road's always quiet and down enough, so you, it's it's not crazy busy. So the the lorry's not rocking all night. Yeah. Um. Even most of the places you can park, like likes of industrial estates or services... You don't have to go crazy far until you'll get one that you can park in.
0: Uh it's uh, it makes a difference. Sometimes if you're out in rural areas as well. Some of the best nights out I've had in trucks have been like you know in the middle of the in the Welsh valleys in the middle of nowhere or like around the the north of Scotland when you are just parked out and there's not there's nothing around. You can step out the truck at night and you can't hear anything. You know, and you can see yeah. the stars out in the sky, and they're like, ah, they, they, those are like the good times and the good nights and everything when you're like that. This is a, when it's when it's all going well. Because some of the truck stops you park in as well, the insane, because logistics is such a totally 24-hour operation, you've constantly got trucks coming and going from truck stops all the time. You've got guys starting at 2 o'clock in the morning all the time. You know, some guys will sleep like a log, but I'm never one like that. I tend, If I'm in a truck stop, I'll get woke. Every time somebody fires up a truck, I'll wake up
1: and then go back to yeah. sleep
0: again and, and, and things like that so so i said if you can get out um into the countryside and know that all the better now you, you'd mentioned uh holland work could come on there as well is that yourself that goes over there with the truck
1: not as of yet uh, they were sort of it's a new customer they were, they've been just buying a few pallets of stuff at a time so um we use a company kelly european and they bring we bring a lot of stuff in from holland as well so they do all that for us so at the minute they're taking it out but actually just today there they were on looking a price for a full load of stuff so we'll work on getting that priced up and if it works out that we're able to do it competitive enough yeah we'll i'll hopefully get out a spin myself so that that would be something that. different Ah, oh, that'd be brilliant. I suppose it, the
0: complication now is with Brexit as well, though, because traditionally you would have hopped across into the UK and then gone across to Holland, I guess. But now there's so much freight going from Ireland and going right round the bottom of the UK into France and Spain. Just because they're not transiting the UK anymore.
1: Yeah, well, I suppose we're at a slight advantage with being in Northern Ireland. We're sort of we're we're stuck in the middle of the protocol um, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Brexit increased our business because the companies in the south the only way they could get it is bringing it in through us so Mm -hmm. that helped but it works sort of the same for bringing stuff out we can bring stuff back out from here um but the likes of if we do go out it would probably be hull to rotterdam um i'd say just for the the price of the boat and for how long you're on the boat Mm because we'd lose too much time coming out through the bottom of Ireland and across that way because I think the, the the quickest one of those boats mm. is in around 18 hours. Wow, wow,
0: ah, you're right. ah, that's a long time to be sat in a boat. Paul, Paul O'Callaghan spends a lot more time in boats when he's going abroad now as well you know he's, he's going out from there away on his adventures to, to Italy and Spain and God knows everywhere in Europe.
1: Yeah, there'd be there'd be no better man to ask about advice on it anyway.
0: I'm doing back on anyway. He's been he's been out doing various other bits and pieces and all that. So I'm doing another update from from him as well, quite quite soon on the on the podcast and in the magazine as well.
1: Uh, that's no, something. he is good interest in work. He has a lot of different variety. He gets on and gets up to. So he does.
0: That's incredible.
1: i going. I I can't.
0: You know. I get low level anxiety whenever i'm delivering stuff in the uk and everything i'm always worried about where it's going am i going to get stuck and everything like that? i thought of doing that on the opposite side of the road uh, in a country that i don't speak the language and everything like that it's just like Whoa. um it's a different sort of world but then again the guys that go and do it get totally you know addicted to it because it's so much better uh, driving over there you've got so much variety of roads and um climate and culture and everything experience you know it's um it, it's so well worth doing if you can get the opportunity to go and uh, do it and if I was going to do it I'd be wanting to go and drag on the coattails of somebody and follow them the first time out so I know what I'm doing
1: Yeah I often thought uh, if I went out I'd like to sort of go in convoy with somebody but if it, if it works out my first trip out uh, it's for ourselves I'll be doing it alone but um, I, I know plenty of guys that have been out round Holland so they're only a phone call away <laughs>
0: Uh, it seems like except times going forward. So, how old, how old are you? I am 27. Uh, of course, a youngster. Well, I'm 42 and I'm still considered a youngster in transport, which is pretty <laughs> depressing, really. Like, you know, the average age of drivers is like sort of 55, I think. It's an old industry that's getting older because they can't bring people in at the other end. With this being a family-run firm for you, were, were you always looking to go and move into the family business and had your eye on a truck? Were you always into trucks growing up?
1: Yeah, like our business now is slightly different to the business dad had when i was wee it's along similar lines but he was more into the agri side of it um than the side we're in now but yeah from i was no age i just i was happy if i was in in the story they're sweeping the street or putting up orders mm. or just sorting out empty bags but the i just always remembered from as no age i couldn't wait to get out in the lorry with whether it was Dad out in the seven and a half tonner, or one of his other drivers out in the twenty six tonners, um, I just couldn't wait to get out in them, and I would quite happily spend every day out in them. <laughs> and my uncle, he was he he was sort of more into the lorries than Dad as well, so I suppose I got it up, picked it up from him. But yeah, the the lorries were always a big interest, and then farming and tractors were as well. But as as I got older, the the lorries sort of took pride yeah. base so that it. I mean, it's,
0: it's massive in
1: Ireland, both in the north and the south, you know, uh,
0: transport and agriculture are a total culture, you know, it's such a big thing for, for people. I mean, the country is so rural as well, you know, that there's just so so much um, passion and involvement with it, which you see when you you look at Irish trucks and everything, you know, that uh, the books that the guys did... Um, for all the, the trucks
1: and what's the name of the book again is it ni trucks
0: ni, the NI truck book yes um yeah yeah the, the ni truck book fantastic three volumes of it now you know and we've always got there's always a rich resource of um, Irish trucks to have in the magazine when have had bm transport uh, on the cover last month we've got man freight in there this month
1: um, yeah i was just uh, looking at that there earlier the man freight section they've come a long way in the, in the past few years as well so they have as there more youngsters coming
0: through that are interested in trucks in Ireland than the UK I would say probably yes just because of that whole cultural difference thing you know because you've got Irish country music as well it's all associated with that which you don't really have in the UK people are like yeah. cra- crazy for that as well you've got all the trucker songs and music as well it's a it, it really it's a, it's a different world the, the language is a, the language is the same but it's, as soon as you step off the boat it's uh, great It'll always Really love coming over to Ireland, and I hope to get back again next year. Uh, the last time I was over was twenty nineteen, which was for full of the pipe. Where I actually went and stayed at Paul's, and I was there the year before, when I was driving yeah. for GBT, and I had the gas-powered Iveco Stralis, and I came over with I came over with that. I brought a, I brought a decker over, which was full of like um, polystyrene. For building products or something like that. And of course, there's loads of deckers in the UK, and there was not, there obviously none of them in Ireland because I was demolishing all these trees going down the road because there was no other lorry had been down before to go and like shave them all back. (laughs) The cars were scattered behind me.
1: There's very few deckers. You'll see them. The really only companies that would run deckers is the the Fastway Groupage or um, Asda Tesco's you'd see there they sort of run the deckers but then again they're all going to depots they're not going up back roads and Aye, that's what i was and, doing and really. <laughs> yeah uh, so they, they, yeah you don't see the main place you see them over here is storage the bin yards for storage
0: and that's what it was far right it was basically like going to store all this stuff on it i just had to go and drop it and it was just me i was like bang clatter, crash going all the way know i was to like, what the hell's going on here uh, and of course, it's just because I've never been one down the road before me. It's it's interesting that how how vehicles will naturally trim hedges back with trailers <laughs> things, which was something I'd never really realised before until when.
1: Oh well, I I lost a hell of beacon last week. Um, oh, I was coming you. down. I was coming down a road outside Enfield and just outside Kildare, and I was coming down the wee back road, and I was literally coming up to the end of it. I could see the, the giveaway sign at the end and I just heard the crunch and like, I was going really slow. And I said, uh, that, that branch is either broke or I have a bacon gone. And I sort of drove out from under it and stopped and sort of, I could hear it rolling about, Yeah. Oh. um, and I thought it was a branch. So I kind of give it a wee nudge and stood in the brake and just slow motion. The bacon rolled down in front of the windscreen, smashed into bits all over the ground
0: Oh, dearie,
1: and like, well, uh, we run the Euro liner there. Uh, that we have on higher so she's sitting at four meters and then we have the the urban she's 4.2 and the amount of places still that a 4.2 trailers taking branches with it is ridiculous around here so it is
0: oh dear Ocup- occupational hazard <laughs> there
1: there's a few places i've had words because i'm sick of losing lights and ah, bricks yeah, and curtains and stuff in going in and out of
0: uh, the authorities should be sorting things out, or people who own premises and that as well should be maintaining a lot of that stuff. You know, it's it's horrible, and a lot of the council cutbacks in the UK saw hedgerows and everything not maintained as they were before and stuff. And you know, it's a pain. You end up getting your mother folded in, and you've got to go out and go and like shove it back out again, and it's like, ah. Or, or worse, you know, you can end up with windows put in and all that kind of stuff, but it's all just... It's, they're not interested because it's lorries and that, you know, just not a priority.
1: No, that's it. Uh, it's, unfortunately, it's just all part of the, the job.
0: Hugo, have you been to any shows and events or things like that with the truck?
1: I had great intentions. Um, I, I used to love... Uh, getting out to shows I used to drive uh, before I came back home I drove for loan transport for a while oh yeah um, and a, a few other companies and yeah I used to I used to love getting out to the shows and the past few years I got the I got the canter all done up and I had her book to go to Truckfest Scotland and a few others and then it just didn't work out and then I got this and was like right next year once everything opens up again after COVID I'm hitting every show and uh, I had my list made, and just either we were too busy, or I just never managed to get well, right to it.
0: Well, that's the thing when you're running your own business, and you've, and that's the only truck that you've got to go and do the do the stuff as well. It's no it's no so easy. To be fair, i I missed loads of stuff this year. It was quite a disappointment. I'd I had my sister's wedding. I missed convoy in the park. I had COVID, and I missed the convoy at Thruxton. Um I mean I didn't go to Peterborough. I ended up at um Truckfest Edinburgh for an afternoon, I think. A pathetic effort on my part, really, like and I've not driven I'd started the year well as well. I drove the five thirty Scania, the R five forty, and then I had a Volvo Tipper and then it got to Eastern. We got into this busy period for the magazine and everything, and then I ended up not being able to, to get out. And I'm struggling, I've got sciatica right down my left leg now as well, which is the agony. So I'm going to have to go and spend a whole load of money at the chiropractor as well to go and get straightened out. Yeah. But I mentioned in the last podcast, which isn't out yet, that I've got the Iveco S-Way for a couple of days, the new 490 uh, 13-litre engine. I've got that for a, a couple of days to go and get back out again, and hopefully I'll be able to get my hands on some other stuff in the meantime anyway, because that was one of the reasons that I really liked doing this job, was that I could go out and drive lorries. And I can't, yeah. we're, we're recruiting someday as well. We see some changes in 2023 with Trucking Driver because we're recruiting a new member of staff which um, is in the progress at the moment, so that's quite exciting. So we'll have some more new features and new um, bumper issues and things like that to go and uh, give some added value to the magazine as well, you know.
1: So. Yeah, good. New New employment is always good. It, it means things are going the right way, you know.
0: Oh, aye. So, I mean, you're quite you're quite a young one as well for, like, buying the magazine. Did you always, have you always bought truck magazines, things like that?
1: I was big into getting my, my magazines, whether it was trucking ones or farming ones, and then sort of the start of the year, I got back into it again, and that's sort of, I enjoyed reading it uh-huh. and looking at it, and sort of thought, well, I might... Try my hand at it and see see if are interested yeah. in getting some stuff. So
0: ah, good stuff. I mean, that that's the thing with social media. You can see all these trucks a lot of the time. I keep pushing. We were supposed to get new paper this year, and then the price of paper like trebled, uh, and then the, they went and held back on it. but We are supposed to be getting the new paper next year because I'm like making the point that the magazine needs to be better than what you will see on Facebook and things. You know, it needs to be really shiny, glossy photography and something that you can keep. You know, because the internet's. Yeah here and there it's not something that you can hold in your hand so you want people to have magazines that they can keep and go and show to people like months down the line is something that was special for them to go and get their truck the truck in there which is why it was like so heavy on like just feature content it's just like full of the good stuff every month so that, that's yeah, the, but it's the nice. idea behind that so
1: it's nice to like you're sitting on a break or waiting on a boat or on the boat it's nice to bring the, the magazine the bag and just sit back and and have a mosey through it and that's passes it. the time.
0: I want like a good sort of standard of writing in there as well. You know, there's more content, there's more written content than what you would get on the internet as well. Because a lot of internet stuff, you know, it's just you're just looking at like little pictures on your phone. There's not a lot of text and things about it as, as well. I want to get into. I've been working really hard on my YouTube channel personally about cars, and I want to go and transfer that into trucks. For next year as well. Once we get our new member of staff, so I can go and work a bit and do some YouTube stuff for truck and Driver as well. It looks like reviewing trucks or doing stuff on the job or going out and seeing people. So we we shall see. That should free me up to go and do all that kind of stuff alongside it as well. Because it's not just a magazine anymore. You've got awards and shows and all that stuff as well. Yeah, and it goes alongside it. So,
1: alright. Do you do you actually get do you have do you get out to many shows with Truck and Driver or? I well,
0: we, we cover a fair amount. I mean, Paul's been a fair few for us. We, I could go to every single show going if I wanted to. Um, I did the Grand Pain Truck Show this year. I was at Brands Hatch. I'm going back there. I did a few, not as anywhere near as many as I have done in the past. Next year, we should be better set up to go and do that that sort of stuff. We were yeah. really busy in twenty nineteen with it as well, and like before times, before everything went to shit in twenty twenty, we were at loads of events. And of course, our uh, we um, it's our company that runs the convoy in the park show as well, which is our main one. Which I obviously didn't go to because it was my sister's wedding, so yeah. I missed I missed that. I went to the one in Wales back in May, and that was a really good event. That the weather made it; it was hot. And the good thing, because it was more of a regional show, that you got to see a lot of trucks that you wouldn't necessarily see at the big national shows, like Truckfest. You get guys that work locally and don't have the... They can't go that far afield, but they can go to things which are 10, 20 minutes down the road for them.
1: Yeah, well, I definitely... I'd be, I'll, I'll be aiming to get to more shows next year. Um, I'd like to get back back to Full of the Pipe, and oh, think the the, the, They're bringing back the, the Causeway Truck Fest next year, from what I've heard as well. It was always a fantastic but, show. Yeah, that was good. We were at that in
0: 2019. That was good. It was uh, The weather was a bit difficult, but it was a really good event. I liked that. It was interesting to have it right there. Yeah. Uh, interesting location. Now, that would be good if that comes back. There's Duala as well. That was another uh, big one. A success Duala week.
1: seems to have got very big this past few years. Again, I had sort of hemmed and had about trying to get down, but it just. Never worked out. I think so, it was uh, the, the it th- was one of the two of them. I can't remember which one it was, but I didn't get finished until halfway through the show was over. So,
0: nah, the thing is, there's so much opportunity to go to events now. There's literally something on every single weekend from like April through to, uh, October, um, and there's, yeah. there's guys that go out and do it. You've got admire the dedication of the guys that do so many of these shows, but it gets like a total bug, you know? Like it's a whole, uh, it's a whole world. Uh, that re- revolves around th- these shows and things and the pride that guys take in trucks as well. It never ceases to amaze me how clean people can keep trucks, you know. I mean, I um, would wash it when it gets dirty and sweep the floor well out and, you know, keep all the dust out the interior. And keep, But that's, you know, that's a pathetic effort, really, compared to what a lot of guys do. Are <laughs> you no,
1: a, a big cleaning uh, guy, them, guy yourself? I do try, like, the, I try my very best, um, like, throughout the summer, Anytime I'm back in the yard, the will get a rinse down um, uh, or a wash down if it needs it, uh, sort of coming now into this time of year. She'll get two washes a week if I get round to it. But yeah, like throughout the summer, tanks polished and it's just trying to keep on top of them now. And then throughout winter with the salt and stuff. And I'm all, I've always been one for doing the, the writing on the tires as well, but that's a lot of hard work as well.
0: It is. I started doing that once, and uh, oh, I did it in the, I did it in my GBT truck. I went and coloured that. It. it was all oh, Mitchell. And it took me bloody ages. And then there were these. Uh, these folks that were running the trucks at the weekend and that, and they would out when I was away. And the guy purposely ran the tire down a curb. Zzz, took it all off the side of it, and I was like, "Oh, thank you very fucking much." There's, Cheers for that. Nothing
1: more sickening than when you clip a curb. <laughs> Especially, especially, I I like them on the super singles because I find they're much nicer to drive on, but they are magnets for curbs. They love them,
0: yeah, but especially in Ireland as well, when you're getting squeezed into the side all the time, where you maybe wouldn't have too much of an
1: option. Yes, yeah, so it's uh, they're generally not too bad to keep on top of that. The 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 left side. The uh, front is, is hard to keep on top of, but the rest is not too bad.
0: Uh, so they, a lot of people wouldn't know how long it takes to go and colour in tyres with those bloody pens. It takes forever.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> I have... Uh, my hubs are all dark blue, so I I've, I decided I'd do the... Uh, I run Hankook tyres, and you know the way that that sort of we design before the actual name Hankook? Yeah. Um, I, I do that we design in blue, and then do the rest of the name and white.
0: Oh, um, cooks look good. They've got good lettering on them that lends itself really well to that. I was speaking to somebody at the weekend who'd got a Hankook put on just one because it needed a new tyre on it and otherwise he's got a set of Bridgestones and he's like, he wants them all change to Hankooks because of the lettering on the side because it looks so good when you colour it in. Which is an unusual, yeah. uh, an unusual um, thing to ask for. We have tires and all that. What are the grip like? I don't care. It looks good when I've coloured the writing in, you know.
1: But uh, handcooks are I good. Hand
0: cooks are good tires to be fair. They
1: are. They do wear very well, and you you get the wear like I actually just put a set of drives on there, uh, last week, and there's a hundred. There was I think hundred and nineteen thousand on the the old set um so i did pretty well out of them
0: uh, it's good i mean it's what works for you I always hear mixed messages about tires and all that if somebody say you know we're running all x tire and they're fantastic then i go to the next person and they're like they were crap we went and get rid of them and i'm like well who's right who's right here you know you've just got to you've got to experiment and find out what things work best for you
1: yeah that's it like it, it's their own it does it's all down to the work you're doing as well. will play a part in what tires you need and what brand works best for you. But I um, definitely would be Hankook or Bridgestone myself, mm-hmm. uh,
0: I think. Uh, I think with tires, a lot of time, you get you, you really do get what you pay for. Uh, I know that there's like Tipper boys and guys running on landfills and things like that that will use the cheapest Chinese tires going because they just bust them all the time. There's, they won't get big cuts in the sidewalls. So there's no point in putting anything else on them. Uh, but that's kind of like an extreme case um, scenario with that. I think the, the the most expensive tires you can get are Michelin's, and they back them up with a, with a whole warranty and everything like that. But they are very expensive. It's like it's one of those things you've got to invest in to kind of get on the merry go round with that. And once you're on it, you can stay on it. But it's a it's serious money to get on there uh, to to begin with. So
1: yeah, I often thought I, I I love the look of the the super single Michelin's with the as it, the mud runners are called. They have the line round outside of them. Yeah. Um, I think they look class and they're meant to be fantastic at keeping the side of the lorry clean but they're ridiculously dear
0: uh, That's the thing it's, it's not easy to get on to get onto that to begin with I've my car tyres as well i always love that. I'm going to order a set of car tyres I'm going to order a set of Michelins this time and they're like twice the price I said set of Euro oils or something I'm like oh no I'm not
1: yeah. but I'd
0: ask maybe you know Michelin if they're listening could like give us some
1: discount <laughs> 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 uh, Willing to try them out if there's a good discount. All right.
0: <laughs> now you are it is Wednesday night and you are in Cork. You've got two drops left. What's in store for you for the rest of the week?
1: Uh, two drops in the morning. Head up towards Kildare, left a couple of pallets over there, back to the yard, and we'll try and get reloaded for Friday. And Friday I am heading south again down around the Midlands so I think that run is I'm not sure how many drops is on it but I think there's Mullingar, Athlone, uh, Longford before them um, and then I'll sort of work my way across towards the Dundalk, Newry side and then come back up through Newry and back up towards the north that way so as far as I'm aware, the last time I was chatting to Dad, there was a right bit for that run. So again, it'll be moving into mm-hmm. probably my last ten hour of the week. Mhm.
0: tend to, you tend to. I would imagine you'll fairly rack up the hours then.
1: Uh, some weeks you mm-hmm. can, some weeks you can't. It just depends. Like, there's a lot of time I'd find myself. Like, if I'm up around the north, you're never really any more than three, three and a half hours at your furthest point away. Yeah, from the yard so you could be you'll fill your spread quicker than you'll fill your drive time at that it just depends but then when you're you're doing the south and then if you fire in a couple of runs out to england you don't belong filling the card and but to be fair (laughs) i'm further away from the yard now than i am most of the time when i'm in england
0: (laughs) I know, that's, that's a fair old way, I didn't realise it was nine and a half hours to get all that way down there, I've done it before in the car but I guess I just wasn't really, uh, I wasn't um, thinking about it because I'd stopped off in the way as well, that was 2019 as well when we were over, we went to Red Trucks, Mercedes Actros from Cork, Dempsey, Dempsey. yes we were there and we went yep. to see Conor Jennings in the way past as well. Uh, see some of his S-ways. in fact he must have some cracking new S ways out as well for us to go and photograph another in next year which will be good always looking for feature content in the magazine folks if you want your truck in the magazine get in touch
1: but I yeah no I know I know Damien Dempsey he has some lovely stuff that new version five of his is very very nice
0: Oh, that's a good, no, because I, I, I'd I, spoken to him a little, uh, a little while ago in that as well, and I think he maybe mentioned that as well, so we might come back and see them and everyone, because like I'm saying, it doesn't seem that long ago in some ways, but yeah, as it's three years since we were over there, because the last couple of years were just a blur in a lot of ways with the pandemic and everything like that, they just uh, strange, strange times. But I hopefully, aside from everyone else that's going on in the world that's crazy and everything like that, hopefully um, we can get out to plenty of shows next year and that that side of things remains relatively normal because, you know, the world needs trucks. That's the thing. The trucks keep rolling no matter what. They'll always be here. Has anybody told you you're a hero this week and that? Hey, I gave you a pat on the back. Does hmm. that happen... It seems to happen a lot for drivers these days, eh? But you still don't get anywhere to park or anything like that. You know, you don't get treated like a hero. I'll just tell you that you are.
1: <laughs> well, I don't even think it goes that far. Uh, to, across here, the only people that call us heroes are ourselves. <laughs> or you're doing something ridiculous and your mate, function says not all heroes wear capes. But, <laughs> um, yeah, there's not too many people who turn around and tell you you're a hero over here now.
0: Uh, I think I think it's the RHA's love the lorry week is on this week as well. So trying to promote to the public why they should like like lorries and be lorry drivers and things like that. So um, the, there's always that that kind of pushing things. But post pandemic, it was like truck drivers are our heroes and everything like that. And it was like yeah, there was a lot of that sort of the gestures and everything. It was all stated, but there wasn't a lot of like um, action to back it up you know, to, to do anything nice for anybody. Nothing was improved, you know. And this new government coming back in in the U- UK, making a lot of noises about all sorts of things and everything like that. But they never mentioned transport and the tiny amount of money that were going to invest in things to help with stuff, with facilities, and everything like that, you know, it always falls by the wayside, so.
1: Yeah, unfortunately so. They were um, the big, all big talk throughout the pandemic, but it didn't take long for it to go back to normal again.
0: Uh, aye, for sure. But aye, I mean that's us. We're over the forty-five minute mark now, so it's been really lovely to chat to you. That's been interesting all that. It's a good podcast. Uh, thank you yeah, very you much. Too, thank you very much for coming on. I look forward to seeing your next update in the magazine. We'll get that in the next issue, which would be the December issue. It comes out in the middle of November. And I shall catch up with you again soon.
1: That'll do, Dougie. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Truck & Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck & Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck & Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.